So uh, here we are on the third week where I'm talking about resetting uh, revive. We've been on a uh, uh, a two. This is the third week. Uh, two to three week journey talking about changes that we're bringing to revive as we come uh, to the end of 2021 and into 2022 and I know I'm downloading a lot of uh, quite major change in these weeks uh, normally I think we would have evolved a bit more slowly even Christians believe in evolution okay we would have evolved a little bit more slowly but the reality is we've had 20 months of hearing God and thinking and pondering and, and a great pause. Uh, and that's happened, you know, to all of us. And there's still a, a lot of people not here with us and, in fact, not able to be with us because these meetings are, are fully booked each week. And so it probably seems like I'm downloading quite a lot of radical, sudden change into the church. But it's been the result of about 20 months at the full lockdown of pausing and hearing God and some quite remarkable little uh, prophetic events events in that time. So I'm going to continue to download some of the changes and uh, the same thing will be in, being said on the online program this morning uh, and as well it'll be on the podcast. So we keep going on. As, um, uh, as you saw last week, let me point it in the right direction. Uh, the first week I spoke about the fact that uh, we want to place the heart of our church at the very throne of God. Um, the early church gave themselves to encountering God and knowing the power of his Holy Spirit. And so we're seeking to do that as well. And we are going to, um, not, it's not about throwing on lots of slots. It's about birthing a greater sense of prayer and presence among us. And then uh, last week, I spoke about a, a radical change uh, in our building strategy. And just to clarify a few questions that have come up in the week, um, we still need a headquarters and a home. Uh, the big difference is simply that it's not going to be a 1,000 seat new build that costs the earth. But we are still uh, going ahead even right now. I think it was about two weeks ago that I had an offer turned down on the last property that we looked at trying to acquire. So these things are imminently going on right now. I'm praying that as God has led us to this change, it leads to an acceleration, not a slowdown. Is anybody with me up for a bit of acceleration? So please do continue to give. Uh, please remember that if you've given to the building fund uh, that is still ring fenced for Revive to have a new and improved home. We've just had to change uh, some of the strategy because of the situation that we're going through right now. Um, even in the Bible, the people of God are not completely, what would the word be, impervious to things going on, uh, to wars or pandemics or the change of climates, lots of things go on, but we are able to flex because we are God's SAS, amen, so. Keep going with us on that, um, but we're so grateful that uh, we have good savings in the bank and that we have options ahead of us as we move forward. So please carry on praying for all of that. What I want to talk today about is about resetting our culture. And so I want to go through a few Again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and do in 20 minutes probably what I need 20 services to do. But if you've, been, if you've read my book, The Divine Reset, if you've managed to grab a hold of a lot of the online broadcasts over the last 20 months, none of this will come as a surprise. It'll, I suppose, be headlines where you go, yep, 
I get it, amen, let's go. If it's brand new, then it might take a little bit more processing, but I totally understand that. Who knows that all change has an element of grief in it? Yeah, and now I've had 20 months to be processing my grief, and I'm very aware that some of you are hyper-conscientious, will have listened to everything, read everything, and be right on board with where we're going, and will go, yep, I've been tracking that journey, Jared. I've worked through it emotionally. I've worked through it prophetically. I understand where you're coming from. Others will go, I can't believe you just said that. And it will be a sudden moment of, ah, the world is changing around me right now. And who knows, here's another reality, most stress is caused simply by not feeling in control. Right? And so we try to control our world to deal with our stresses, and sometimes that gets us in even more trouble, doesn't it? But I totally understand that what I'm talking about is going to be stressful to some. Others will go, yeah, the early adopters will go, yeah, come on, let's do it, let's Ain't everything pink and change our name to the fluttering saints or something. There's some people that are up for every wild idea up there, while others will be saying, no, I need some time to process this. Can I say every single reaction is okay as we process change together? But what I do want you to realize is this isn't sudden change to me. This has been the process of 20 months of praying and seeking God. So let me give you some cultural headlines that I think kind of sum up for me the last 20 months of my own journey uh, with where uh, I, I think we're going with church and in ministry. And um, let me see if you catch it. Is that all right? We're going to try and do it quickly. Here we go. You probably can't read that at the back, but I'll read it to you. Don't you worry. Let me give you eight headlines about uh, resetting our culture. In fact, I've got them down here, so I'll do that. Number one, we need to go from doing the normal to doing what works. Anybody like the sound of that? It is a time to innovate. Innovation is one of the key words of the moment. I'm going to strike through them real quick, and then I'm just going to chat for a bit around them, and then we're going to get into some practical stuff. Number two, we need to, uh, I think I said it the other week, the show is over. The Sunday morning show is over. It's time for us to be simple, real family on a mission. Number three, we need to go from exhausted to effective. Number four, we need to go from fragmented to family. Number five, we need to go from Sunday-centric to seven-day-centric. Who knows that uh, coming together like this is not church, it is celebrating church. And half the room will nod, and even half of those will, will actually kind of mentally assent to it, but we still think, I've been to church when I come on a Sunday. But who knows, the adventure of church is so much more than a Sunday morning. Anybody with me? Number six, from platform-centric to family mission-centric. From mega-concept to growth through multiplication. In other words, you can't just keep making the buildings bigger and the crowds bigger. You can draw a crowd. It doesn't mean that we're building church and growing together. Anybody with me? And number eight, from building our church to bringing his kingdom. Um, I think these are really important pieces as we look at the future together. Now, when I say all those things, number one, don't think, oh, oh dear, we're awful. We've got all these things wrong. We're fragmented. We're empire building. We're, we're, we, we only care about crowds. It's all just been a show. All this. No, I don't mean that. Don't, you don't need to be binary about it. But I'm checking my heart as, as a leader against certain truths and going, are we really building family? Are we really reaching the lost? Is this really 
what Jesus meant when he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Are we really, and you have to get right down into the kind of the sub-layers of your motivation, are we really building his kingdom as one team across the region or ever so subtly because of pressures on energy and time and budgets and margins, we end up every church in Hull building their own little kingdom? You inevitably do a little bit. Well, I want to smash through that stuff and say, we must be here for the kingdom. I've loved in recent uh, weeks being in conversation with the Catholic bishops and the Anglican bishops and the Methodists. And you know what? It's really, really weird. It's like we're on one team. It's almost like we're one people. We are one people one team working together and they've been so kind and so helpful with some of the stuff that we're struggling with but I believe more than ever not just unity but collaboration is on God's agenda work together if if somebody gets saved through something that Revive does I do not care where they go to church I just want them to be the church wherever they are when somebody shifts from our church to another church the church doesn't shrink Okay, it just means we've got an extra seat free, just stuff like that. So we want to deal with some of these things. Let me, let me chat through some of them. So we must innovate. And as I said the other week, um, about a month before lockdown, one prophetic figure came to one of our leaders' meetings and handed a blank sheet of paper to every pastor and leader and said, this is what God's about to do for you. He's going to allow you to have a restart and a do-over. And you'll be able to start with a fresh blueprint. Number two, we've got to realize uh, the show is over. I don't know about you, I just, I don't even like the rows. I don't know what to do with seats, but I wish we could all just sit round tables with food on them. Because <laughs> we've said it for years, haven't we? But can I be honest? We have, you can say it, it doesn't mean that the activities of your life are allowing you to do it. Sometimes we say one thing, but the very things we do are still inhibiting. We've said for years, church, church is not rows. It's life in circles, not in rows. It's real relationship. It's real family. And you know what? Here's our struggle. I'm going to, to be blunt. Once you get over 150, 200 people in a church, that becomes exceptionally hard to do. Simply the, 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 the psychology and the sociology of groups of people. There are people that think, yes, Revive is my church and I, I know some good people. But I guarantee, because even I suffer with this, nobody in this church knows everybody's name in this church. It's now too big. And that presents us with some real difficulties that we must solve. And so we are shifting ahead to say, listen... It's not about rows. It's got to be about circles. Even Sundays have got to become more and more about family, more simple. I don't want to exhaust churches. Now, can I, can I be honest about some of the great churches you'll see on TV? That inevitably everybody will compare their own pastor to some pastor on TV or the look of a church to somewhere else. Churches that are keeping the concert show of a Sunday morning going are burning through staff in this time like crazy. People are burned out, exhausted, and the truth is that no church is as good as its website. No church is together like its Instagram feed, and the same struggles, exhaustion, 
fruitlessness and difficulty goes on in some of the greatest megachurches in the world, I know because I get to sit down with some of those leaders and go, oh, you suffer from that too. The difference here is that I feel from God that we need to say, we're not here to do a show. There's a little bit of a, a leadership maxim that goes around. It says this, how you attract them is how you'll have to keep them. If you attract them to a show, you will forever have to keep the show going. But who knows that drawing an audience is not building a church. It's make disciples that matter, not how many bums can we get on seats. Let's try and give out better donuts, cars, I don't know, whatever. It is. If it's just about how many people can we get in the room, there are cheap, simple ways to do it and expensive ones too. But who knows, it has to be about family. And so we are working practically towards ways to make that happen. We've got to be effective, not exhausted. We've got to shift from fragmented to family, um, from Sunday-centric to seven-day-centric. I feel the pandemic has impacted churches so, so powerfully um, that if anything... You know, the, the slightly older generation that would think, well, I just go to church on Sundays, it's what I do, is slowly fading away. And I believe, like the early church, the church will have to become a place. Oh, let me put it like this. It might not be literally this, but let's work towards it. A place whose doors never close. A place whose lights never turn off place where you can always go and pray and eat food and hang out and get a prophecy and be comforted and counseled and prayed for. A place, if you work on Sundays, that you, your day of worship is a Wednesday night or a Thursday afternoon where something is always happening. Instead of this huge crowd on a Sunday that come and we sing our songs and we listen to our sermons and we love it. I do. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's everything else that needs to happen. And culture more than ever now means that we have to be smaller and more often, and doors that never close. And we're working our way towards this, to be a house of prayer, to be a place where we can come and hang out as a family and grow and get rid of the fragmentation so that nobody is lonely in a crowd but calling it church. So that's what we're working towards uh, in this season. And let me give you a couple of key prophetic words. Now, I, I have more than ever in my life in the last 20 months, if you've um, tracked with us online or in person, I've quoted prophetic words more than ever in my last 20 months. Um, but I want you to understand, if, if I turn around and say, hey, somebody had this dream or we had this word and here's a change we're making, it doesn't mean that they turned up emailed me a dream or said a dream to me and we decided the next day we're going to change everything based on some random person's dream whether well known or not no every prophetic word is laid alongside other prophetic words is laid alongside our own heart's journey is laid uh, uh, out in leadership meetings is pondered long prayer walks months months of thinking even arguing can you believe that leaders argue even in the church not me of course i never argue i'm just right it's different um uh, so when I say these things, please understand we are not changing entire bits of culture or activity based on a single dream from someone random. But I have had the occasion uh, over the last 20 months, uh, only a few months ago, I said, God, I know so many prophets around the world, people that are accurate, can give names and numbers. And 
God, I need a few of them to ring me up and I need words. The last time I prayed that about three months ago, within 48 hours, we had phone calls from the United States, Mexico, and then one in the UK going, I just had this word for you. Who believes there's a God in heaven? So listen, it's my job to not despise prophecy, to test everything and hold on to the good. So we are, as we shift forward though, then making some changes. Here's a couple of the words that we've had. And this one I didn't like when we first heard it, and it's come from a couple of sources now, that break down the big galleon that is uh, uh, Revive, and I see you shifting into smaller catamarans, smaller, uh, more flexible little boats. Don't look too closely because they're not actually catamarans, but they'll, they'll do. There's, there's, there's lots of them, and they're smaller. That's the best picture I could find. And then the second thing that's informing some of our practical decisions, and please note, with prophetic words, you are nearly always, when you get a word like that, making an interpretation from the word and still lining it up with lots of practical things, okay? Um, always look at what a word from God is literally saying before you jump to your first favorite interpretation. It's like the Bible school boy that heard, got a scripture from God, you shall go out with joy. And I mean, that was great because he really fancied joy. She was quite a good looking girl, but he got it wrong. She was way out of his league. And anyway, so uh, one more. Uh, and this one came as, we, as we're meeting with real prophetic figures and going, we've, we're getting these feelings about our building strategy, this sense from God, what should we do? And this came as, as confirmation. It, you're not just building a normal church. It is a hub, a nest, a training center, and lots of other things besides. The thing about a hub is that a hub has spokes. And so this is where prophecy is now shifting through leadership stuff to begin to change our physical structure. And let me try and blast through it real quick because I'm running out of time this morning. Is that okay? So here we go. There's our region. And some of you, even here today, don't even live on this map. That's how far away that you live. Uh, and so it's a broad region, hence sometimes our difficulties with fragmentation. As I've said, we are really keen for us to have a hub. We still need a hub, a headquarters, somewhere uh, bigger than Bridlington Avenue, more flexible, but not the thousand-seat mega building that we were talking about, which is now uh, going to cost the earth. I've still placed it uh, uh, um, uh, in the kind of the northern area of Hull there. We don't actually know where it's going to be, but we're actively looking, and do, please do pray with us. Um, but here's the thing about uh, a hub. It has spokes, and uh, the congregation in Ghoul uh, uh, are still doing well. They've got paddle boards, you know. It's the best congregation ever. They've got paddle boards. Can you believe it? And they're doing incredible outreach in Ghoul. Now, here's one of the major changes in Hull, is that the breaking down the galleon bit is certainly in the medium term, we think the way through for this congregation in Hull is that we shift into two campuses instead of one. In two weeks' time, we will begin to head out and tour new venues looking for a good second venue that is equal to this venue. We want two equal uh, campuses in Hull. You might go, well, why? You know, we, we like it here. I'm happy. In this room right now is about a quarter of our membership. 
We need seats for them to sit on. We need to be able to gather. And in breaking down the galley and everything amongst most of the leaders that I spoke to go, I don't like the idea of that. We wanted to be together. That's why we just wanted to keep building bigger barns and just keep gathering as a crowd. But we're going to obey God as much as it's not my preference. We do actually have the gift capacity to move into two campuses. So we're going to set up a team in each one. They'll both have revival kids work. Um, uh, once they're settled, which hopefully should be in November, uh, and uh, worship teams will move throughout. There'll be a leader in each, but I will alternate to minister in one one week and in uh, the second the other, okay? So in every way possible, they're going to be identical but placed in different areas. The second one, one will remain here. A second one will either be in the center of Hull or the east, okay? That's what we're looking for so that we've got something. People come into the bus station and they're central. That's what I'm kind of hoping at least, but we're still looking for venues. More about that, oh gosh, in about four minutes. There you go. So listen, in Hull, we are shifting into two Sunday morning campuses. Still one church, but meeting in multiple locations. All right? Um, come on, come on up with it. Then you've got, remember, we've got uh, locations around the region too. Well, three of those are surviving. They've survived the pandemic. And we are still keen. The stories that I'm hearing from these places of outreach and of infiltrating the community and gossiping the gospel is still going on. So we're ha we have communities around the region. Remember the word, fire from the Humber up through East Yorkshire. Our desire is to go reach people and we want to give more time and energy to to reaching our communities than ever before. Um, and then we've also got others that we want to do and are kind of being prayed about and thought about right now. It is still the passion to go reach the region, but we're aware that we need a hub to operate from. So the vision uh, right now, the strategy, is that we have two locations in Hull. Now, because I'm running out of time, let me shift forward. Here's what we're going to do to begin to set up the second campus in Hull. Is from October the 10th, we're going to head out on tour. Anybody want to come on tour with me? Right, we're going to head out on tour. And we've already got a couple of the venues lined up. We want to go try four different venues. Is that okay? And um, uh, we're just going to go, go bless this city. Right, and we're going to pray, and we're going to seek God, I'm going to preach, uh, uh, we'll have some worship team with us now. For this initial tour, the first four weeks, there won't be revival kids work, that will still be here, okay? But once we've gone and we've tested and tried out, and I want some of you to be there, I know that'll be difficult for those who have revival kids, aged children, but please come with us, you prayers, you leaders, you warriors, because I want us to go to places, and then we're just going to prophetically sense, and we're going to talk. Is it right? Where shall we land? Okay, one of the venues is the Guild Hall. Another one of the venues is, is um, the community center of an Anglican church. You've been so kind to let us come and potentially use their venue. And we're looking at a couple of others too, but we want to head out and try different places and begin to pray around with the hope that by November we will land a second campus somewhere in Hull and begin to have enough seats because this meeting has been fully booked now for weeks and weeks, isn't it? So um, look at that. You will need to book in. It'll come out with the, all the other links that we do. Um, uh, come join us on the adventure of reaching this city. Why are we doing this? Well, a little bit of it is also a little bit practical. The
that, I don't know about you, I suppose it depends what, new, what news channel you watch, but this winter might be a little bit messy again. Anybody, right? Uh, now, even if the government don't ask churches or tell them not to meet, still attendances can be very up and down depending on what's going on. And I don't know about you, we just don't know what this winter's going to be like. So we're keeping it flexible. Uh, we're keeping it fairly inexpensive. Some have said, as we've chatted about this vision, is it very expensive to run two venues? Well, actually, it's cheaper most of the time to get two venues this size than to try and get one that seats 400 plus because they're different levels venues. So this is actually one of the most inexpensive plans we put on the table because we need to stay highly flexible. We need to flex around government stuff this winter. Uh, we need to stay inexpensive so that we continue to save towards a new headquarters, a new hub uh, somewhere in the region or the city. Uh, and we need to get through the other side. I don't know whether we'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I don't know whether we'll remain in two campuses in how long term or whether we'll come back to one, or whether we'll do two and go, this is really working, there's a campus nearer everybody, there's smaller groups, so we're getting to know each other's names, and we go, actually, this feels good. But the reality is, new life. <laughs> we're not the church we were 15 years ago, so please don't tell me you long to go back to 200 people where we all knew each other's names. That is the past. Okay, so as much as that causes grief, um, even the past isn't as good as you remember it. Okay, even nostalgia is uh, not as good as it used to be. Um, let me just read this scripture to you as I have to end. I haven't done everything I wanted to do. If you want a longer version of this, you can listen online. I'm sure you don't, but anyway, I'll say it. Uh, Philippians 3 says this. And it's Paul saying, look, I haven't, I haven't obtained it all. I'm not fully mature. Whisper to someone near you, you're not finished yet. You're not finished yet. And all wives, you can tell your husbands, you're definitely not finished yet, right? It says this, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of everything, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. God help us as we shift into a new season together, as we stretch forward into all that God has for us, I pray that we will have one place somewhere in the middle of the region where we all gather for food and prayer and encounter and events and, and hang out together and feel like one church. But also on a Sunday, we celebrate church right across the city and the region. That's the plan, okay? Even more importantly as well, that we have outreach locations right across this region, infiltrating communities and transforming them. Here's my invite, guys. And I know it's a big turning of a corner, not in vision, but yes, in strategy and method. Come on, mission. Jesus didn't save you to sit in church on a Sunday he saved us to transform us and send us out to change the world. Let's keep taking these shifting changes to move towards the healthiest possible structure. But listen, structure's nothing. The healthiest possible structure so that we can have the best possible culture and family. Okay? Structure can't make anything of us. Restructuring won't change us. But it can get stuff out of the way 
so that we can get on with the things that we know are really important, okay? So listen, in a fractured, difficult time like this, when communication's really hard, it's hard for me to hear you, and I know it's hard for you to hear me, and so we're all hearing different versions of different stories by the bits that we snatch. Let's keep love high. You will survive this time so much better if you're a trusting person by nature. Try to do everything you can to lift trust and understand change happens. Well, we can shift through it out the other side. And here's the thing. I believe God is setting us on an exciting mission. I know I can't stand before you here right now and present the entire jigsaw. There it all is, sewn up, tick, 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 tick. I understand it. But I can at least point towards the horizon of a harvest, of a move of God, of being family together, of reaching this region together, of maybe, yes, having to meet in slightly smaller groups, still over 100 each time, but slightly smaller groups so that we can get to know each other better. Yes, it is going to affect our pastoral care. That's next week. Yes, it is going to affect our small groups. That's next week. But here we are on a mission, getting ready for a brand new era in God. So what I'd say is, number one, thanks for coming back this week. Well done. <laughs> well done. Because <laughs> it's hard. It's hard for me to do, but I know it's hard to follow. And I understand it's slightly easier for me to announce a change than it is to feel that change is being done to us. I, I get that. So thank you so much for your maturity and the incredible, the 99.9% .9 of incredibly positive understanding maturity that you've, you've given me even this week. It's really helped me through a tough thing. But we will get out the other side. And I just believe this is not the breaking of us. This is going to be the making of us. Right at the beginning. At the beginning of the pandemic, I had a dream. And, and I'm going to leave you with these words. Um, God said to me, because I could feel this is going to be really tough. You know, every, meetings were just being decimated. Finance were being impacted. Loads of staff furloughed. It was just a mess. And you sat there going, what do we do now? And God said to me these words in a dream. He said, I've not brought you here to fail. I've brought you here to be unveiled. And I believe this will be for our unveiling as a blessing to this region if we keep tracking with God. Amen.